Hi, and welcome to the Introductory Irish Left Archive podcast. My name is Kieran Swan. And I'm Angus Storey. For this first episode of the podcast, we wanted to give a bit of an introduction to the project. So how the Irish Left Archive got started in 2007, how it has changed and expanded since then, and how we hope to continue the project. Why are we doing a podcast? The reason we're doing a podcast is because uh, we've been planning the last year to do a symposium, a one or two day symposium with a small exhibition attached. Unfortunately, as we know, a global pandemic has taken place and that's really put pay to any of those plans for the next six to 12 months. So instead, what we decided was thinking about it, that if we went online with it and did a podcast, we could talk to many of the same people, we could address many of the same topics. And of course, we can still have the symposium later on, presumably 2021, probably late 2021 at this stage. Uh, So over the course of the next, we hope to be about five or six weeks, we'll be posting up these podcasts reasonably regularly. We hope to talk to some people who will be of interest to it, address some of the topics relating to how we have uh, put together the Irish Left Archive, where we hope it goes next, and indeed issues that relate to what is the work of the archive, the Irish Left, and so on. You can view the archive site at leftarchive.ie and you can get in touch with us via the website or by emailing. The address is contact at leftarchive.ie. So we'd be glad to hear from people and thank you for listening. Okay, so we're going to, for the next 30, 40 minutes, we're going to discuss the genesis of the Left Archive, uh, how it came into being, and how in the period between 2007 and 2013, it was one thing, and then from 2013 through to today, 2020, it's become something else again, and where we hope to take it after that. Uh, In essence, you can actually see those two phases as being one where I was one of those involved at the very beginning, and then, Angus, you came on board around 2012-2013, and in a sense have navigated the ship the last seven years, Uh, and that's perhaps the simplest way of putting it. But we have to go back, I think, to the early 2000s to see where, in a way, the Left Archive actually came from. and. First, I think people should picture what the social media landscape looked at that time. This, of course, was before Twitter, uh, in a way before Facebook as a thing that we would come to know and love. Uh, It was a time when people had really, I think, begun to get a grasp of the potential of the Internet as a platform and a platform for groups and for individuals. And... So we begin to see sites like politics.ie, which are forums, gain a much higher profile. That's where people come along and they can comment on an issue of the day in threads and so forth. And then we see in the early to mid 2000s blogs, web blogs appear as well. And these are small sites which people without any coding skill, which I'll admit I'm one of them, though I think Angus, you're not. You're somebody with a lot of coding knowledge, uh, was are able to come along and to, in a sense, take a bespoke website. You maybe pay a small fee. You don't actually necessarily have to. You can have a small site and it can be on whatever sort of topic you're interested in. Uh, Anything from politics, obviously, to food, to various hobbies and so forth. And there was an enormous freedom in this. And it was something that obviously on the political side became 
extremely popular within a very short period of time. I'd also say that, speaking about it politically, the Iraq war and aftermath saw a lot of blogs, both pro and contra, and particularly on the left, come to being during that period. And there was an enormous amount of discourse taking place around those areas. So, in a sense, that's, that's, the, that's the landscape, that's the shape of the terrain which uh, all of this came into being on. I myself was uh, somebody who commented on politics.ie from about 2004 to 2005 onwards. A group of us on politics.ie decided we wanted to move away from the very short-form interactions. Little did we mm -hmm. realise that Twitter would come along and the short-form interactions would get shorter and shorter. And we thought what we'd do is, or what we'd like to do in our naivety and innocence was to set up a website that was political but non-party political, non-partisan, but very clearly of the left. Uh, so we established a site, uh, a blog called The Cedar Lounge Revolution, and that came into being, I think, about 2005, 2006. Uh, and of course, one of the big problems with any website is it's a bit like a, a newspaper. You need stuff to fill the pages, full stop. And it can become extremely frustrating after a time. I could say, of course, at the moment, there's no end of stuff to fill the pages of any website, whether it's a newspaper or a weblog or whatever. But uh, I guess that's a different matter. In 2007, things looked a little bit different. Uh, and the summer of that year, I remember thinking, well, two things had happened. I've been at a Padre O'Donnell uh, summer school the year before, and I got a copy of The Bell, which, of course, was edited by Padre O'Donnell. And it's a fantastic uh, periodical from the late 40s into the 50s, cultural, political and so forth. And I was reading this and I was thinking, I really want to share some of this with people online. And I kept reading it and then I started to transcribe it out piece by piece, paragraph by paragraph and I kind of gave up and thought this is going to take far too long. And I had access to a scanner so my next protocol was to start scanning a couple of pages in, but scanning can kind of be a destructive process with a very nicely bound volume like the bell was. Uh, so that worked up to a point, but not completely. And then the thought struck me, okay, that's interesting, but why not actually take political documents of one form or another and scan them in and then put them online and uh, put them online on the Cedar Lounge Revolution? So that was more or less where it started. I had a small library of stuff that I picked up myself over the years in my own political activities. Uh, and also stuff that had kind of come into uh, my orbit. My father had been, in the 70s, a fairly eclectic collector of political periodicals himself. So I had a few to start off with. And I think the very first document I put up would have been one of the old British and Irish Communist Organisation uh, pamphlets. I think that's it, isn't it? Uh, I think so, yeah. Um the yeah the archive site isn't set up to look at them chronologically in that way but I, yeah yeah it doesn't a couple of early ones way. at that point but so basically it was a case of just scanning the front cover scanning the document that took longer than it says to say here let's put it that way it took about oh god an hour a couple of hours and mm. uh then it was a case of generating a pdf from the scan pages writing a bit of text about the contents of the document and giving a little bit of an overview of the formation it came from and that, in essence, became the Irish Left Archive, though it wasn't actually called the Left Archive for quite some time afterwards. And we'll discuss, mm -hmm. won't we, about like what archives are in all this and 
whether we're archivists or not, though I think the answer is we're not, but we'll come to that yeah. later on. But, yeah, you're going to say... Well, I was going to say that the other area, which is a complete tangent, is the debate as to what parts of it are left. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point too. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's something we have to uh, address as well further down the line. So basically, the first, the first couple of posts along that uh, schema uh, went up every Monday morning. Uh, again, it was a front cover. It was a PDF of the contents. It was an outline. Uh, I have to be honest, it was very tongue-in-cheek at first. It certainly wasn't attempting to be objective about the formations. It was certainly nothing like what would now be posted up. Let's put mm -hmm. it that way. And and some of it was my own interaction, say, in the 80s and in the 90s with people who I knew on the left from these formations. Uh, you know, say from the Communist Party of Ireland, Marxist Leninist, or the WP, or what have you, uh, from Sinn Fein and so forth. So it didn't it didn't strive to reach any sort of neutrality or objectivity. You know, it wasn't it wasn't knocking it as such, but it was perhaps more of a colour piece than it was an objective yeah. appraisal of what the documents were. Uh, and one aspect of blogging that I haven't mentioned so far is it's not merely that you can generate a website which is good in itself, or that you can actually post these materials up onto a website, but you actually have comments. And people could come and comment about these materials. And in that first two to three years, there were many, many comments. And people who had been involved in the formations or the parties or the groups would come in and they'd actually talk about them and talk about them at some length and give a real sense of the social history and the political history of it. And it could become very contentious. If you go back and look at it uh, on the Cedar Land Revolution, you'll find some interesting debates, discussions shading into arguments and conflict mm -hmm. and so forth. But in fairness, I think people kept it relatively courteous and what have you. Uh, and it became, in a sense, a community of interest. That here was something that people were deeply, deeply interested in. And here I'd say, and I think you'd agree with this, uh, this was very novel. Now, it wasn't just the Cedar Lounge which was doing this. There were other sites doing this around the same time. Conor McCabe's site, yeah. uh, the spin-off from Dublin was doing that as well there were a number of other people who established things over the following two years again seeing the potential of a platform online where you can actually post stuff up and I guess I should also say that we'd have seen that in music as well wouldn't we I mean people get deleted albums and what have you and post them up on blogs about music from the 60s or the 70s or small yeah, niche interests yeah. and areas like that yeah it was a point at which I suppose um, I mean I noticed one of the things you see on some of those early posts is in your comments you apologize for the size of the pdf you know <laughs> which yeah kind of reminds reminds it that that is just at that crux of the point where it was practical to have like yeah music and things like that i suppose yeah. even to that video wasn't all that practical necessarily you know at that stage so um you yeah, do forget how quickly moving these things are you know that it's only sort of in the space of 10 that's years so that's exactly it around blogs that you you could suddenly start putting something other than text on the internet. Yeah, and, that's you know. it. It could be photographs, it could be music, it could be, uh, as you say, video, it could be documents as we did. Interestingly, on the scanning side, uh, the, 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 the early documents are scanned at lower resolutions than later documents are. Yeah. yeah. And another side is they're scanned on scanners, whereas as things moved on and cameras on iPads and phones became so much better and the resolution became so much more true to life. That was uh, that was something that was taken advantage of to a huge degree. Uh, so you see a certain flatness in the images early on. So anyway, um, this community of interest develops. Uh, 
pulls people in, suddenly people are donating materials as well, which was a mm-hmm. huge step forward. So it wasn't having to depend upon whatever I had or whatever my father got, um, but able to move beyond that. And I would say it was within the first six months we started to have people donating stuff and from a range of backgrounds uh, and for a range of motivations. People are simply interested in the area, people who had had these materials up in their attic for 20 or 30 years, people who felt that the formation they had been involved in hadn't got a fair uh, whack of publicity and so forth. And so there's a sense of that. Uh, And then, of course, like as you move across five or six years, that then becomes extremely unwieldy because I think by the stage we hit 2011 or 12, there were 300 documents on the site alone. And that was in the form of, I think, a couple of posters, newsletters, yeah. leaflets, pamphlets, etc. Uh, and another side of that is this uh, community of interest is the enthusiasm, I think, that was there at the initial stage. I wouldn't say it waned, but as people became more used to it, uh, it's not that their interest lessened, it was more that they just simply became more used to it. There would be less mm-hmm. discussions. And one of the things that I was particularly interested in with my own background, which is in uh, political is- history, uh, history, national identity and areas like that, was trying to keep it as far apart from the academy and the barriers of entry, which I think sometimes institutions and universities generate uh, inadvertently or simply by dint of the structure, the idea that people could come in without having to register, that yeah. people could comment without having to register, that they could become part of a conversation without feeling that it was being monitored or that it was going to be transcribed to be a PhD or an MA or whatever, uh, or that they would have a chance to contribute, but they didn't have to go anywhere. They could literally sit at their desk in front of the computer and they could talk and they could um, put in their experience and so forth. and. I think that brings in a sense to what you can broadly call the informal archive. It's not statutory. It's not even an archive in some ways, but it's a, it's, it's, it's a progr- project or an enterprise which is open to all, which isn't attempting to exclude indirectly, because I don't think archives attempt to exclude directly. I think it's an indirect thing. Um, and I don't, I th- it's, it's just the way that they're structured, that it's, it, you know, for instance, if I have to go to the National Library or if I have to go to... National Archives or where have you, I have to sign up, I have to register, I have to get my little card, I have to go in, I have to physically be there for much of the time, though of course a lot of materials are now online and more accessible that way. So it was a case of at that point in time having this accessibility, and Mm -hmm. for me somebody who'd been in the National Library all too many times in the National Archive, it was fantastic, it was great. You can just read the stuff and you can download it. That was another aspect, you could download files and you could then take them away, print them out or read them on your computer or what have you. So I think you'd you'd feel very much the same way about this as well, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think the, I mean, the discussions were, were, and well, uh, probably are less to an extent, uh, to less of an extent now, but were crucial at that stage just in terms of filling out information Mm. and that kind of, I mean, the purely sort of quantitative part, I suppose, was who this group were. Wasn't any information on a lot of them online at that point. So it was possibly yeah. the first time, uh, first time some people were coming across them, but also the first time that people maybe who were involved might search for this and actually find something about them and find an ongoing true. discussion and a, and a sort of a an informal and a frank discussion, which I think made it attractive for people, right? 
Yeah. It's um there was no sense of a barrier to entry to to yeah. I suppose just to join in or to give you give your own view of it, whether you were an expert in the topic or not. So that meant that yeah, you were able to accumulate well two things is just the factual information, but also a sort of a qualitative understanding of people's experience of the group. Um and how that, that that can sometimes contrast, I suppose, with with the kind of um, self-presenting aspect of the document, um, which was an organization's public face. Yeah. Um, course, and then people yeah. discussing it who were involved yeah. at the time saying, well, you know, maybe maybe take X with a pinch of salt or, you know, and giving you a bit more of the understanding of what the real experience of the group at the time was as well. Um, yeah. That's interesting because in a sense, I think you pointed to a very real dynamic that the neutrality then had to be in the short post that was written about it because the subjectivity yeah. was shifting into the comment section so of course you read mm -hmm. the comments and you have to you have to factor in is somebody attached to it or is somebody deeply antagonistic and hostile towards a formation or to its output or whatever uh, i think that's i think that's really true yeah uh and these are the two things you say there i mean and and to follow on from that i think you may you know you're making that point as well like there was so little of that stuff at that point in time, uh, there were relatively few histories of the left and certainly none I can point to en masse. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, well, we'll come to that in a minute, like uh, one of your innovations. But further down the line uh, in the revamped archive. So, But another aspect as well is, and just to kind of, in a sense, bring the story through to 2013, I'd always been very, I mean, essentially small, unorganized un or disorganized reference group had evolved of people who ideas could be bounced off about what was the archive doing, what materials were coming in, were these materials okay for publication, that's another that's another area we'll get into as well, uh, you know, copyright and so on and so forth. And was it all right like to use this stuff and how was it, um, was, it was the archive going in the right direction in a sense in the correct direction? And then one of the things that I was very suspicious of, and I know other people who had uh, looked for advice about this were suspicious of, was linking in necessarily to an educational institution or linking into an academic institution or linking in, say, to a national institution because the informality of the archive was very important. Now, at the time, I was nervous about spinning it away from the blog platform itself and then mm. putting it into some other sort of format. Uh, but as time went on, it was clear the blog structure and platform simply was too unwieldy to have the sort of index that was necessary. I tried desperately hard to get an index together of formations mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But when you've got 300 documents, say, from 60, 70 different formations. Trying to search through that is almost impossible. And I think it confused people. And I think that that became its own barrier of entry to people as well, because there was almost too much stuff up that, at that point. And of course, it was sitting within a blog, which it wasn't mm -hmm. primarily part and parcel of, that I mean, the blog was dealing with daily and uh, issues of political news and of one degree of urgency or another, whereas this had, in a sense, to be seen as something that sat on its own. And, and, and at that point, I think I was becoming quietly and slowly converted to the idea of maybe some sort of standalone 
approach was necessary. And then you arrive in 2012 and, you know, you've got some, some suggestions of your yeah. own as to how things should go. Yes, we created the separate website at that stage. Um, like you say, I th- you know, the, a blog is chronological in sort of inherently in, in its form and trying to undo that or work around that is, is, is quite difficult. That, that's, that's what it's made for. So it was great to be able to put something up and the discussion would probably happen at the time you put it up. I mean, sometimes people would find find them and there would be new discussion around them, but essentially it sort of worked chronologically. This yeah. is a post this week, and that sort of slowly goes further and further back into the set. And you'd been maintaining an index by organization, then linking to the posts for each one, right? Yeah, and manually, pretty much. There was a page on the site. and mm. um, But that, that gave one way of, of looking uh, across the material, which is like, all right, here's all the ones from this organization. But... I kind of had the idea that that at that stage, it had got quite it was quite large, right? Three hundred or so um, documents at that yeah. point. Yeah. Um, so a huge amount of work had been done, um, and I thought it could be more accessible, um, just make it easier for people to to find this stuff. Um, so that's was the idea of setting up the separate site, but like you say, that the the danger was to to do that um, in a way that didn't sort of break how it was working already which was yeah. the value of those discussions the fact that that it was it was sort of becoming it was sort of self-replicating because the people involved in discussions would then the more people uh more people interacting with it the more more people gave more documents to include and um, yeah yeah if you were to cut it off completely at that point then you'd probably you'd have a, a sort of a static site that's great but it wasn't going to go anywhere or do anything yeah so so yeah, what we did at that point was we set up the separate website where you can, I don't know, if somebody's looking for different reasons, I suppose overlapping audience, but somebody wants to know, um, oh, I'm interested in the period of early 70s. They can go and they can filter it and see all the documents from 71, 72, 73 without having to go through a, only viewing it by organization. They can cut across it in different ways. Um, and yeah. it just makes it more accessible then. Um and that just made that, yeah i guess it just made it made it more widely available was the aim yeah um and i suppose yeah maximizing the the sort of accessibility of the work that was that was done i think was is the best way of looking at it you know that was yeah without without yeah without killing the because the post still went up every mm. every monday as per usual yeah we should say that 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 process continued exactly the same and yeah. we would essentially duplicate that yeah. but in a much more sort of index archive style website at leftarchive.ie um, as, yeah. but it is as an adjunct rather than as a replacement and it meant that it could maybe have some of the advantages of a slightly more formal format but not lose the advantages it had from being um, probably essentially just a yeah, uh, site set up by interested, interested people rather than some sort of uh, you know, institutional thing or definitely, definitely. Uh, it's funny because I'm just thinking as well as you're saying that um, a further aspect of that is that the nervousness I had was that it would break the link, but that never happened. Mm-hmm. The community of interest remained on the Cedar Lounge, yeah. Uh, and yet, I know that many of the people who are part of that community of interest would consult 
the actual left archive site. And you'd yeah, find I that think. their knowledge would be disturbingly in depth <laughs> as to like what was on the left archive site. Uh, so it didn't, it, it worked. Yeah, I think, because there's two ways of, of doing it. I mean, so the, the archive site is like something you would visit if you're specifically kind of seeking information out. Whereas in the blog, mm-hmm. I mean, the blog format is chronological. So here's something that's interesting this week. Here's something that, you know, from the news and so on. Yeah. So here, here's the most recent document we've added. And that's that's the discussion we'll have around that. Um, is It's just a very different way of approaching it. And people will, enjoy, will join that. And possibly as part of that, go and look at the site and see what else you have from these people or remind themselves who they are or the organization that we're talking about. Or, um, yeah. But, yeah, I think ultimately the blog blog format isn't isn't ideal for, for reference. Yeah. Actually. I mean, and even talk about this here, I mean, one of the things that strikes me is in some ways I think this underscores another key aspect of the Left Archive, which is it came together by accident. Mm-hmm. It developed not exactly by accident, but kind of without an, without a specific end point or destination in sight. Even when it shifted across to the bespoke website, which is such a different uh, means of investigating the material, it's still, you know, it still is without more of a purpose than, and I think I, I, I would say this openly, I think it's, I think it's, perfectly legitimate to say this really to get as much material from the Irish left however we define that online Mm. and to make it accessible for people and it comes back to what you're saying I think about the fact there wasn't all this material online pre-2004, 2005, Mm. 2006, 2007 that it was in a sense giving people the opportunity rather than for instance when I was politically you know very politically active in the 80s and 90s in specifically very politically active certainly party political sense um, you know my knowledge of other formations would be fairly hazy to be perfectly honest and my reading of their documents would be probably limited to copies of Unfoblucht that I found you know in a, I had in a pub and somebody came through selling Unfoblucht or came through selling the United Irishmen or what or the Irish people rather not the United Irishmen at that stage or what have you you know um, mm-hmm. uh, or the socialist worker you know this would be very informal unstructured sort of interactions with these materials and again there weren't the histories written and in a sense still aren't histories written about the broad sweep of the Irish left so the the chance of having this material arrive at your doorstep was fairly limited and and in essence that's the I think the, 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 the founding idea. Not that it's the most comprehensive collection in the world, not that it covers every angle, not that it fills in every gap, that but that simply if there's a formation or a group or a party out there, we will go looking for material from mm. that so that we have at least one representative piece from it and then get some information about that, put it up online and then with luck, people have been involved. Will have more material which they can throw away, or what have you. And 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 it's 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 interesting because that underlying reason or rationale behind it is something that really I think we only consciously came to an awareness of quite late in the day. Again, it comes about fittings pages. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think the, I mean, we've discussed that before. That 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 because one of the things we, you know we want to show the physical physical artifact in as much mm. as you can 
on a digital site, but it's, you know, scans largely of some of the more modern documents probably are directly created PDFs, but the majority of them are scans of of the um, usually a, usually a periodical. Um, yeah. I think periodicals probably make up the majority of the documents we have. Um, but a lot of the discussion as well was, was around pinning down who the organizations themselves were. And that changes over time because I think in that sort of, and even before, by the time the separate site was created, I think probably a good number of the organizations had been kind of, it had been hashed out in the comments, essentially. Yeah. Who these people were, when, they, where they'd, you know, what time period they covered, how they related to other yeah. organizations and so on. Um, and the first time you post up a document from a group, you would have that sort of discussion. When you get the second or third document, it starts to be about their policies and the, or the contents of the of the document That's itself, right? right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the knock-on effect then was that there wasn't a good um, overview of a lot of the groups that had been on the Irish left mm. um, available. When we set up the site in 2013, even at that stage, a lot of them wouldn't have had a Wikipedia page or anything. There wouldn't have been anything yeah. that would come up particularly if you search for them. Yeah other than the discussion uh, around these documents. So that gave us um, a sort of a secondary effect of setting it up, which is that we had an index of all these organizations, how they related to each other. Um, yeah. Which, and, and, well, it sort of happened as an adjunct to the documents, I think. It wasn't the intention mm. initially, but then it becomes kind of an obvious sort of corollary of the process that you then have an, an index of... of all the organizations of formations yeah. Groups, yeah and then moving on to individuals having an index of individuals who turn up in documents and so forth yeah that's true too actually that you can yeah. kind of i suppose i was thinking of you can cut it if you can cut across the whole material in, in different ways um, yeah this time period this subject this person this group yeah. you know and the more um the more ways we can do that, the more accessible it is, um, yeah. the more useful it is to people who are kind of interested in it. People's reasons for looking at these things are, are going to be quite different. Yes, mm. it's a sort of a niche interest, but we might as well expand it in as uh, wide a way as possible in terms of how people can um, can use the Absolutely. material. Because the work's been done and the stuff is there. and you know, it's, it's even like campaigns. I mean, interesting to have different takes from different parties or groups on different campaigns. You know, over the years, I mean, the obvious mm. one is the North and the conflicts and so forth. But, you know, there's other ones, maybe water charges or, you know, rates back in the day and so on and so forth. I mean, all of these, you know, and you can kind of see different people's different perspectives and how that how that works. through. I mean, another thing, of course, that strikes me, one of the most useful innovations and I mean, they all added here hugely the utility of the archive but I, I mean I think the, the timeline mm. was definitely a significant step forward in terms of painting down what what the Irish left looks like even in a temporal sense or chronological sense yeah yeah I mean, it's um, yeah so we, we created that about a year or two later maybe about 2014 mm. 2015 after the site was set up Um and we'd come across, I'm not sure if it was in a document in the archive or somebody else had posted it, but come across from an issue of Grouton, um 
there was a centre page kind of, and I think it was headlined the family tree of the of the Irish mm-hmm. left, and it shown the various groups that had existed and how they branch from each other and how they relate. Um, yeah. And that was done, I think, by John Goodwillie for Gralton at that time. Mm. Coverage from around 1962, I think it was 83, I said. Um, Fantastic piece So we had the idea that, that a digital equivalent of that could be very useful. Yeah. And you could make it so that you could click the organisation and go through to our page and see documents from them and so on. Um, so we sort of took that as a starting uh, basis and then started to fill out everything post 83 to the contemporary yeah um, and then later got more ambitious and rolled it back to 1900 to put yeah. some of the formations then but that's that's a lot more scattered and, yes yeah you know there's some uncertainty probably but um and not reflective really of very many documents inside the archive anyway we true true it's really just we, there for the for the graph yeah. i think yeah yeah i mean even just the trail of you were talking about Patrick o'donnell earlier yeah, the trail of parties he left that existed for a brief is, is fairly significant, right? So yeah, he, he was the Johnny Appleseed. Hardly yeah. <laughs> Baines was really the Johnny Appleseed, but yeah. So, and <laughs> it's funny because I think you know, in a way, the timeline is something that's so uniquely of the web. Uh, and again, I think you know, form follows function to a certain extent. The blog platform allowed for the development of a collection or a vaguely curated collection, which we call the left archive. Uh, but then the, the bespoke website that you developed allowed then for different approaches, such as the timeline, which is something that really, you know, if you're looking for that, either a printed fold out timeline is what you want, or alternatively, the, the next best option has to be the utilization of uh, a computer screen. Because that's mm. the best way you can possibly visualize that material, and it is. It's 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 very visual. It's very much in your face. You get a real sense of, you know, the dynamic sweep of parties and groups across a hundred years. Yeah, it's um, yeah, and we've kept we've kept updating it. I should point out actually that that again that brings us back to the fact that 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 the left archive came out of a an existing kind of online community which is that um mm. we got huge numbers of corrections from people lots yeah. of people gave us lists of organizations that i wasn't aware of and all of that at that time so you know there was i mean essentially you know it's a great way of crowdsourcing information right um, yeah it is now it's yeah. a bit more static at this stage except when new organizations pop up but that's right yeah it's i mean it's very different now from how, where it was when we first did it five six years ago and um, we've got a lot more, a lot more concrete idea of where things, where things sit with it. You know? Yeah. And and it's funny actually now with new, as you say, like the last six months, 12 months has been very fruitful in terms of new formations popping into existence and sort of yeah. looking for their, uh, their niche as it were. And uh, with Rise, Extinction Rebellion and so forth, you know. Yeah, Do it's surprising it? the size of the sort of, cluster there is around the last few years i think you know yeah. since we first made it actually it's been extended quite a bit there and i don't um, think we've included ain two in um this brings us to so the they, question we always have of what is the inclusion criteria is left? <laughs> yeah we, we have fina gale's just society document so that 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 feels to me like if yes. they get in ain two who are very very 
self-avowed. We, we don't have Finn again in the in the timeline of the hours left, but yes, no, we do. that would be totally inappropriate. <laughs> That'd be an outrage. No, we couldn't do that. That'd be wrong. Uh, but yeah, that, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Just Society, yes, indeed. But the Just Society. I mean, the, the, the reason for the inclusion was the Just Society was the self-proclaimed. You know, the Garrett Fitzgerald, Costello, etc. The the left wing, as it was seen, or the social democrat wing, inverted mm-hmm. commas, of uh, Fianna Gael. And I've always been asking for something equivalent from Fianna Fáil so we could see what the social democrat wing of Fianna Fáil looked like when it was at home. Um, but then again, we've also included Mishira from the, pop- uh, the Progressive Unionist Party and so forth. You know, if, it, if it's on the island of Ireland and it thinks or claims or it says it's left wing, then we'll throw yeah. it in. I think I that's think, it. It's... it's, it's, it's that, yeah. As widely inclusive, unless it's sort of clearly not relevant, is the best way to approach it. Because um, yeah. otherwise, you end up with a very strange and biased sort of curatorial approach, probably. That, uh, too narrow. Too narrow, yeah. Yeah, it has to be wider. As well as which, it's probably not going to be representative of what people themselves consider left wing. In the main part, and I think that's you know that's a consideration as well. Mm. You know, uh, it's funny actually because though Monsieur goes up from one party or another, generally speaking, you know, which people might have quibbles as to whether they're on the left or not. Generally speaking, there's relatively little complaints about the selections made and so forth, which is good. I think that's true. Yeah, yeah, and considering uh, the. Uh Suppose it's sectarianism of the left. The uh, yeah. we don't we don't suffer from that problem of attempts to encourage no. us to exclude certain groups or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, discussion definitely isn't shut down in any way. Uh, there's never a sense that you know there's a something is beyond the pale. Mm-hmm. Been a few question marks over unionist or I guess maybe more accurately loyalist unionist and loyalist material, but not very not very significant ones. Maybe, yeah. maybe the, I mean, I think, it, I think the the sort of utility of engaging with with, with any kind of self identifying left is, is clear enough to most yeah. people who'd. And I guess, I guess one other angle on on foot of that is, and it's what you say there about self identifying left. Uh, of course, not restricted at all just simply to party political material or to formations or groups or politicians, but campaigning material, material from trade unions. Material from feminist groups, material from LGBTQ groups, uh, lobby groups. Uh, we've got stuff from the civil rights, you know, the Irish. Um, well, we've got stuff from NICRA, of course, and CRA, but we also have from civil rights groups in the South, uh, the Prisoners' Rights Organization, traveller support groups and so forth. It's it, The net is to cast pretty wide, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's... Um, and that's kind of necessary on the left, right? There's a lot of movement mm. around different groups forming and campaign groups um, from single issue to sort of more broad ones. What parties are in, sometimes the parties included, sometimes not. So mm. I think, yeah, you have to take that kind of wider look at the types of organizations involved. Um, yeah. And obviously some some groups involved who wouldn't have been, who wouldn't have wanted to take, say, an electoral line so they don't, function as a formal party in that sense as well um uh, just looking there there are 282 organizations currently listed and um wow yeah it's 
it's quite a wide mix of the uh, types of groups there. Uh, one of the other things that, that, that we did mention there, I suppose, is about a small number, but maybe somewhere between 10 and 20 uh British organisations in there as well. That yeah, where we have material about the Irish left, probably yeah. the majority of it about Northern Ireland, being the mm. obvious sort of topic. But um, yeah, so that's another sort of area of inclusion. That um, and a couple of US ones as well. And a couple of US, US ones. As well. Yeah, yeah. One or two European. I don't think we've got Australian or New Zealand. No. African, so Southern American, South America. Uh, but yeah. We've got, I think, we've got one or two pieces of Russian material, but you know, it's it's um, yeah, that's that's actually that's a huge component of this because, of course, it's not just reflections on the left from self-avowed Irish leftists or campaigners or progressives or whatever you want to call them, but also yeah, internationally, people reflecting upon Ireland from a left-wing perspective, uh, and I think that's, I think that's justified too, I think that's important because so much of the last half century there was this very profound engagement sometimes good re- for, in a positive way sometimes maybe not quite as positive from various groups abroad outside mm-hmm. of the island of Ireland anyway who would have been reflecting on it and I think it's useful to get their their thoughts on this and see what they think about you know the course of things and so forth and, yeah uh, I think I'm an ent- and you know, there's a obviously the long tradition of internationalism on the left. So that's um, a lot of the the groups that we'd have materials from would have international links and the assorted different internationals that yeah um, that they'd be connected to. So you know that adds that adds another factor. That and um, sometimes quite small groups as well. Actually, to be fair, are mm. you know taking quite a wide purview, and you can see that from the, from the material. Sort of topics they're covering in 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 periodicals and things, you know, that yeah. um, I think it makes sense to reflect that 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 sort of international. Yeah, it's 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 part and parcel of parcel well, of yeah. what we're trying to do. What and yeah. and and again, it comes back to getting a a sample of lots and lots of different materials. So in essence, if somebody comes today to the site, they will find. More likely than not, there's still there's still a few that have escaped our net, but uh, they will find more likely than not some document or some mention of a formation on the Irish left or a group on the Irish left, uh, and will find something relating to that, and at the very least have a means maybe of investigating further about that yeah. group. And I think I think if it's done that, then it's more or less succeeded insofar as it can, and then it becomes a question of continuing to fill in the gaps and so forth. Yeah. And actually, when you say that, it means to finding further information. The you know because we because we're not trying to produce a kind of uh, a completionist kind of uh, set of all all documents or whatever. Um, we make a lot of use of of when material is out there somewhere else. So yeah. Um, but again, just try to so if someone lands on on the left archive and they're looking for stuff, try to link through to to other sites. Mm. Um, and there are other informal archives. Um, Alan Kinsley's yeah. Irish election literature being one of the major ones. Yeah, first um, and foremost. Um, but then, the, yeah, there's sites like the Irish Anarchist uh, Archive and... and uh, Irish Election to, Man- Manifestos, that's another one. Exactly, yeah. So we, link, uh, we try and link through to those where we, if we don't have materials even, we, we might, you know, be able to link through to that. And again, that I think is 
um, is it, you know it's good that it's not a closed kind of kind of box. There is a community yeah. of interrelated kind of groups on there, and there's and there's international ones, the anti-revisionist one, um, a big Marxist-Leninist site, uh, and and a number mm. of others which we would also link through to because you know it's part and parcel of the story as well. It's 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 sort of the flip side about you know international interest in Ireland, but. Irish inter- Irish interest in internationals and so forth, and Irish interest in in groups that were say similar to or aligned to, you know, whether through the CWI or whoever, you know, mm-hmm. lots and lots of different groups abroad with their 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 um, uh, what would you call it affiliated um, fraternal comrades and so forth. So there's a lot there, and 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 it, it really does build up, doesn't it? Yeah. How many documents are on the site at the moment? I'm wondering. We're a little over seven hundred at the moment. Yeah. I think earlier. Um, so yeah, it's it's quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with a little over seven hundred uh, summaries written underneath them as well. Yeah. So it's a lot of a lot of work and a lot of scanning and you know. I was thinking, <laughs> in the in our next, probably a briefer chat, we can talk about maybe some of the aspects of the archive, why we're not archivists, and and what that means, yeah. and also. Yeah. Uh, some of the aspects of the archive itself and how people use it and how it can be used and, you know, the the, the, the thoughts about the collections in it and so forth. Um, but it was one thing I was thinking was, for you, what's the next thing you'd like to see happen with it, say, over the next while? You know, what's your feelings to where it maybe should go next? Um yeah it is a good question um there's i mean there's a few things broadly i think i think in this in this phase the discussion around a lot of it a lot of the sort of um a lot of that has started to peter out a bit because Mm. a lot of that work has been done and Mm. i think probably making it there's always more moves you can do to making it more accessible yeah. Um, and some of those are technical things on the website um, we've just we've discussed various approaches to that but I mean the goal should be if something is in there we want people to be able to find it yeah. um, and we have sort of looked at a few different paths for doing that and that's that's mm. so that's the purely kind of um, that's that's just the site itself I suppose right that's the, yeah. the facilitation the of the site. Yeah. yeah Um the other thing then is, I suppose, that we have to, as we always have to have the discussion of, of uh, how sustaining it is, right? Mm. Um, it's carried on for 13 years now, right? Yeah. But I I'm not going to come up with the easy answer in the middle of this discussion, but but that's something we should think about as well, that, that, that how we make sure this is maintained and maybe that's bringing other people in and yeah um maybe making think, that inf- yeah sorry well i was just going to say maybe making the more informal reference group a more formal reference group or something along those lines uh exactly you know, having some sort of structure beyond ourselves which we could kind of call upon mm-hmm. to um maybe offer more formalized advice again again it comes back to the informal aspect of which i think is a it's a strength but it can also across time it can also turn into a bit of a weakness 
this is the, yeah this is the thing but we, we and we've talked about that a little already that 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 it's quite hard to find that correct balance because mm. i think that if we drive it into a sort of a formal direction um that really does it there is a loss there definitely you know mm. it is a sort of a community exercise essentially um, yeah crowdsourced is what you said i think that's a really good yeah. way of putting it yeah i yeah. think that is true it's essentially crowdsourced yeah. information um the flip side of that being that short of the, me sharing the passwords to the server with uh, <laughs> with people around me um, tomorrow there is there is that logic of uh yeah well we you know we do want to make this uh, sustainable yeah. um and, but true. not lose but not lose the not lose the character of it um it's it's it, that, it, that it's a conundrum isn't it it's difficult yeah, to kind of yeah. yeah think through like how to maintain that and uh i don't know again it comes back to and we mentioned it at the start of this the the, the reason this is a podcast is because we'd hope to have a symposium but of course events got mm-hmm. in the way as they always do very very big events indeed it has to be said but uh in a sense that's also again the idea that we could just make this a little bit bigger a bit broader um also i guess in terms of thinking further down the line because and again perhaps the next one will touch on this as well but the amount of material that we have we're grand today we'll be grand in a year's mm-hmm. time we'll be grand in two years time but in three years time where will we stand and so forth and in five years time and, and so forth uh, and it's kind of alarming when you say it's been gone for 13 years because kind of thinking, OK, that's 13 years, but another 13 years is 26 years. <laughs> that's, that's a bit that's a bit concerning. Yeah, that would yeah. make yeah. me that would make me think. So we, really, might, we might actually get all entirely through the backlog in that sort of time. Yeah, that well, that's true as well. <laughs> when that runs out, on, you know. An awful lot of publics, an awful lot of Irish peoples out there. Uh, of course, it also has to be said huge caveat here other people are putting stuff online as well um mm. publications themselves are putting stuff online uh again we I, I i'm pushing a lot of stuff into the next one but uh there's the whole issue of like you don't want to tread on people's toes either yeah. and in that sense why would we want to um tread on the toes of people who are doing such a great job anyway when you can have a sampling and what have you so yeah, yeah. there's more and than enough out there yeah it's yeah like we said it's not completionist and i think also it's not it's not a walled garden there's no reason for us to um you know try and have it in 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 the irish left archive if if some publication has a complete and perfectly good scan yeah. of every issue somewhere then yeah. you know it's good to have one for people to have discussed and so on but we don't need to do anything other than link into that i suppose provided that source itself is is sustainable that's always the issue with, well that's true you know, as well yeah. how much we link and- into other stuff but and you have to and 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 well that's that's a very interesting point as well because and we again we have to discuss that the ephemerality of all these things mm. you know websites come and go organizations come and go mm.